0: we're getting really good feedback because we're allowing brands to give different kinds of offers, different kinds of experiences as redemption opportunities in our app rather than just the flat discount, which can sometimes, well, is a um, quite damaging tactic at times.
1: Today we're talking to Pete Howroyd, the founder and CEO at Swappy, an organization who are looking at the liabilities of the loyalty points we all accrue that sit on the balance sheet and cause the CFO a headache and turning that into a positive currency. That can be used across multiple retailers this is tech talks your twice weekly technology podcast with myself david savage where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some technology news and it's powered by the harvey nash group good morning amber how are you
2: i am good thank you dave how are you
1: yeah, good 15th of october now uh it's getting darker in the mornings the clocks must go
2: soon oh do you know what when you said that i thought you were going to ask me like last week oh, what's the 15th of October? And I was like, oh God, I really don't know. <laughs> um, don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's no special event, thank God. Um, yeah, it is getting darker, isn't it? And also it's getting colder. Like I was walking to the train station yesterday and like, there was a bit of a chill in the air. And I'm that's kind of the first time I've felt that this year. So winter is, is on its way.
1: Winter is coming.
2: Yeah, winter is... <laughs> a, a,
1: much, a much used phrase. Yeah, it's funny. It's always this time of year when I'm completely... Like, is it this weekend the clocks are changing? Is it this? And because phones are now all do it automatically, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's not like you have to walk around the house. I mean, this is showing my age. I don't know what I'm going on about this. Walking around the house, putting all the clocks back <laughs> forward. How many clocks have we got,
2: Dave? <laughs> Sounds like that's... Well, my mom and dad used to. Well, look, that, that well, There means... we go. There's one there right in the background.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no one obviously listening to this will know what just. I just pointed to a very old clock. It was my great-grandfather's. Um, but there we go. Um, so yeah, so it's it's kind of getting colder mm. and it's the time of year where you might be going and looking for some places to go and eat. Because okay. I don't know about you, but everyone kind of thinks about summer and going out, but actually in winter, you, you want to go and find some restaurants and pubs and go and eat somewhere and, and kind of comfort eat because it's dark.
2: Yeah, it's like cosy, isn't it? Like to go to a nice pub, it makes me think of like a nice pub in the winter with like a log fire and... I mean, not that I go to that many pubs with log fires, but that's what it makes me think of. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think
1: a, a good a good country pub should have a log fire.
2: Yeah, that's very true. And like just a like, mulled wine and... Well,
1: we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's
2: a bit of a way off, but... Um, well,
1: you say that, they'll probably start playing Christmas music on the radio in about two weeks.
2: Yeah. Well, all the stuff's in the shops already, isn't it? So, oh, um, but yes I, I mentioned
1: going out and eating because today's podcast is with Swoppy, Um and we're going to be talking all about loyalty points that you can earn perhaps when you go and eat or you go and shop for that matter and people might be shopping for new winter wardrobes um, so we're going to talk all about retail we're going to talk about loyalty points we'll hand over to the interview and uh, that's with myself and Pete and we'll come back with some comments afterwards. So this morning I'm talking to Pete. Uh, Pete you're Co-founder? Founder? Let me make sure I've got this right. It's co-founder of Swappy.
0: Founder. It's founder. Found. Yeah.
1: You see, I always do this the wrong way around. I always assume that someone's a founder and then I find out that I'm <laughs> offending a partner. But no, it is, it is your idea. Um, and Swappy is a business that is born out of many years worth of industry knowledge around loyalty points, an area that you've worked in for, for some time.
0: Yeah, that's right. So I've worked in customer loyalty forever. It's pretty much all I've ever done in my career. I've uh, been very fortunate to work for some great brands across the world as well. Uh, so just Harrods, Harvey Nichols, Meyer in Australia, a big pharmaceutical company in Australia, um, and then a few other companies back in the UK when I came back to the UK. Um, and yeah, I've uh, I've worked in loyalty For many, many years and and, in quite senior positions, and I've always seen um, a lot of problems that have never really been resolved in that particular industry. Um, The main one being this notion of points liability that sits on company balance sheets, um, which, which has to be managed year on year by finance directors and CFOs. And that's what we're trying to help businesses resolve
1: yeah so before before we dive into the particulars and the problems that you are solving at a very at a very high level, what is swappy
0: so swappy is effectively it's a digital wallet that users can store all of their loyalty cards in and they can effectively accrue new points through our wallet and they can also swap other points from other programs into our wallet as well so as we move into next year, we'll switch on new programs so you'll be able to use points on your existing programs into Swappy, consolidate balances, and get value for the low balances that you didn't realise you could ever use. And so we're trying to free up all of this locked value that is currently, you know, not used across the industry. There are
1: obviously loyalty programs and schemes out there is it that ability to swap from one to another so to take it from because because as i understand it some of the some of the big um providers at the minute there are there are kind of companies that are grouped together but it, it doesn't work in quite the same exchangeable way right
0: that's right yeah so a lot of businesses that um allow points to be swapped between one another they they use a methodology which buys and sell points as a commodity In Swoppy, we don't actually do that. We have a very different commercial model with the brands, which has a clear benefit on each side. So we don't buy the points and we don't sell points, uh, which means that we don't have to treat the points as a commodity and add margin on. And so the user or the customer can actually keep the value of the points and the brands don't need to devalue the points when they come back in, which is one of the big problems with some of the big exchange models. So you can see that quite transparently in some of these bigger programs where if you transfer points from one brand to another, as a customer, you have to take a really big hit on the value of your points in order to Mm. do that. And I didn't think that was really the right thing to do for the customer. So Swappy is really a customer first program, but it also benefits both the um, brands and the users at the same time.
1: Now, at the top of the interview, you mentioned points liability. Uh, so you have to have an account for, for for points as a cash balance on the balance sheet, which is a headache for the CFO. How big a headache are we talking?
0: Good question. So that it really varies depending on which industry and which brand you talk to. But any program that is collecting points um, is effectively accruing a cash uh, liability. So that liability has to sit on the balance sheet because either you or I can go and redeem at any point. So that money has to sit there as a as a cash liability. Now, some brands um, will use various different accounting methods to lower that liability so that in the balance sheet, they don't have to show huge liabilities, but it's still effectively there. So you can see across the world, there are enormous balances. So American Express, for example, they have over $7 billion worth of liability sitting on the balance sheet. In the UK, there's about £7 billion across all programs. And globally, it's about $360 billion that are sitting on balance sheets. And up to now, there's been very little way of removing that liability other than expiring points, which is a really negative message for users. And that's another reason that we're bringing Swappy so that brands can avoid that negative message and save the relationship between them and the user I'll be perfectly
1: honest as a as very much a, a consumer in this conversation, I think the biggest barrier for me in using loyalty programs is remembering what the hell I've got with which shop where and and and, and that that thing of have I got have I got a Costa card? Have I got Tesco? Have I got you know? And these are just brands I'm that I'm not suggesting they've got association with Swappy For the for the listener, this is just me picking random places I go to. Uh, <laughs> but it's that fact that it's not all in one place. Yeah, is something that is deeply frustrating because I I never remember, and I'll I'll quite regularly go into a shop and they go, "Have you got a loyalty card?" And I'm like, "No," but I'm not going to bother because I'll never bloody remember it anyway.
0: Yeah. And that I mean that is a real issue. And and so what's happened is we've we've evolved from using using plastic cards, and many of these big programs are now using apps. But now what happens is you've got about fifteen different apps on your phone, yeah. And it's kind of like, well, which app have I got, and where is it saved, and did I download it, and have I logged in, and and it's a bit, it's the same nightmare. It's just that you're carrying apps rather than plastic cards. And so with Swappy, it's effectively a wallet where you can. Integrate all of that into one place. We uh, we allow you to effectively see all of that in one place. And and if we've got a relationship with the brand, you'd be able to also see the balance as well. So effectively, you can manage your balances across all of the programs in one place. So Mm. it's a really kind of nifty way of of the use of managing loyalty as well.
1: Now, I think the interesting, the really interesting piece about this, which is to say, of course, not the rest of it isn't, but you're almost creating your own currency.
0: We are we are actually creating our own currency called Swappy Points as well. Yeah, so in uh, in about three weeks' time, we actually bring the beta to to the UK, and within that, there is our own currency, which is accrued through two main ways. So users can accrue points through card linking. So we have some quite advanced um, card linking technology where you can connect a Visa, Mastercard, or Amex into our app. And you can collect points seamlessly just by using that card. You don't need to present any kind of loyalty card at transaction. Or you can use affiliate links. So we have integrations with all of the big global um, affiliate networks. Um, And so you will also be able to um, collect points. It works very similar to a cashback program, except you get points instead of cash, which in some respects is much better for the brands because they don't particularly like giving cash back in some, in some respect because it's seen as a discount on their brand. So we're helping the brand save their image as well.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, that's something that's worth kind of exploring a little bit more because brand perception and saving the, how their image is seen is something which um, I, I hadn't really kind of, of fully grasped um, but when we spoke first last week and you talked about some examples of, of some brands, and there are a few that people will be familiar with where you could kind of go online a few years ago and always get a, a discount code for, and the mere idea of going to those shops without, or those, those places without that, that code seems ludicrous. Yeah. Um, and I had, I hadn't appreciated how, what that affects that might have on those brands
0: absolutely yeah and it's it's a really difficult drug to get off once once you put customers onto this kind of drug of discount it's very very difficult to bring them off it and effectively you are acquiring a certain type of demographic and certain type of customer that wants discounts and if you want to bring your brand perception back to a more premium full priced model you've really got to restart your thinking in terms of brand positioning and go after a completely different type of customer. So I've worked for various different brands who have had this problem and it has required an enormous shift in customer strategy in order to bring customers off the discount and also go after a brand new type of customer who is actually going to pay full price. Because what brands do is they train you to realise there is no point in paying full price because you can go onto a voucher site or you can go somewhere and get a half-price discount voucher or a coupon. So in the customer's mind, you almost feel a bit daft going in and paying full price because everybody's got a voucher. And so you are effectively damaging your brand perception by allowing too many discounts to be in the market. And so with Swappy, using points instead of discount we are effectively helping brands come off that drug of discount because the customer has to redeem something to get the discount or promotion of free products. So the psychology behind the user is very different to just getting a free voucher. You're actually having to spend something. And it's a little bit more gamified as well, so it's a little bit more exciting for the customer.
1: Out of interest, what effect has, has the last 18 months had on that thinking from the retailer or brand perspective because part of you wonders you know if if i think at, at, at a very kind of broad level um last summer we were in the in the grips of well, about now wasn't it eat out to help out and this idea that vast offers and reductions just to get people through the doors of places just to get people spending whereas now i go out I went out in London on Saturday and it was buzzing and it felt like people were making the choice to go out because it was an event, because perhaps they don't go into London as regularly as they used to. How, you know, when you're talking to brands, because as we said, you're a couple of weeks away from launch, you're kind of the beta version coming out. How are they seeing that relationship with the, with the customer um, uh, kind of evolve as we come, hopefully, back out of of lockdowns and back into a, a position where people can go out and spend?
0: It's a really big challenge at the moment with regards to some of the brands that have used high discount and very aggressive promotional activity during the lockdown in order to win and retain customers during that period. But the challenge now is how you retain those customers without continuing to Give those discounts and promotions. Effectively, mm. the psychology of a customer is that if you enter enter a brand using a promotion or a discount, you effectively want that going forward in order to continue shopping with that brand. Um, so it is a real big challenge. And what we're seeing is that a lot of brands are trying to use more experiential dis, um, promotions rather than a full on discount or cashback. And that's where we're getting really good feedback because we're allowing brands to give different kinds of offers, different kinds of experiences as redemption opportunities in our app rather than just the flat discount, which can sometimes, well, is a um, quite a damaging tactic at times.
1: So one last question I wanted to ask you. Um, so you focused on Swoppy, uh full-time from what you were doing previously about a year ago. Yeah. Um, as a tech founder or a piece of a, a platform that is tech enabled that is tr- that is trying to get a business off the ground in the last year which has been obviously incredibly challenging for a lot of businesses what piece of advice do you think you'd pass on to anyone following in your footsteps who's trying to get a, a tech driven platform off the ground
0: uh, that's a great question so I mean, I'll give you my experience about how it, how it kind of started, I guess. It might, might help some people. But um, So my background before, right before this was that I was a consultant managing a, a different company. Um, the, the lockdown effectively nearly wiped out the entire company because the first thing to go was consultants and contractors. And so I kind of put myself into this mentality that I didn't really want to end up in that situation ever again. And I wanted to build a products focused business that could weather something like a pandemic. So I would never be in that situation where I lose all my clients overnight. So <clears throat> I just started to think, well, what are the problems within the industry that I can solve with the experience that I've got? And that's where this kind of liability and you know using unused points came from. I actually had the idea while I was, you know, walking my dog in a field, and then that day. It just something just clicked in my mind. and I just thought this is a really good idea. I'm just going to go for it. And so I literally came back that day. It was the 31st of July, 2020. I registered the company on, on company's house, and I just started talking to people in the industry about it, saying I've got this idea. What do you think? They gave me feedback. Didn't take all the feedback because uh, you know not all of it's great. But you t- pick and choose the bits that you think are going to really help you. And then I just did it. You know, I put the put the business plan together I shared it with as many people as I could and I just talked to everybody about how do I do this I researched all of the kind of blogs and the websites you can think of um, and it just kind of came together and I really kind of took everybody's feedback on board as much as I could and it just slowly became this this snowball and the momentum you know got behind it we started to get interest from investors and um yeah i mean the the rest is history really we've got an amazing team of people now and and we've got such such amazing support from the industry because we've really kind of hit on a, a niche that a lot of brands are looking for um so i think we've been quite lucky in some respects to be honest um but i also think I get asked quite a lot, like how, what advice would you give people that have got an idea and how, how do you bring it to life? And I think the only, the only piece of advice I can give is just do it. You know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a step into the unknown, but just do it and talk to as many people about it as you can and get the feedback and, you know, put it down on paper, share it, tweak it until it's right. I mean, to be honest, we, we still tweak our proposition up to today. You know, every single day, Something has to change in our business to move with the times of the industry, move with the opinions of our users, et cetera, um, and that will continue to happen. So as long as you come into it with a mindset that things have to change and yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be as it was on day one that you had the idea, then I think you, uh, you're you in for a, a positive ride. Uh, The proposition that I first thought of is quite different to the proposition that's launching in beta. The the proposition that I originally had was literally just points swapped from one brand to another. We've now moved the proposition into something which is much different. We still have that as a foundation, but we've got our own points currency. We have a whole marketplace which has got absolutely tons of brands in and some amazing names in there um, who are offering different kinds of redemption mechanisms. mechanics to um allow customers to onboard into their brands and none none of that was in my original idea you know so i think talk talking to people about it getting feedback and then just kind of putting pen on paper really
1: yeah well look i think it's it's obviously an idea that's that's taken root in the industry um i hope i hope the launch on beta goes well i'm sure it will and uh, we'll have to catch up with you soon to see how it's going
0: thank you Great speaking to
1: you. Right, I don't know about you, but the thing that stood out to me more than anything else here was probably the idea of this being its own currency.
2: Yeah, I I love, obviously, a lot of people that you have on the podcast, but this is something that I am genuinely, genuinely, like, so impressed by, and I'm going to go and download I are you I am 100% 100% I think it's so cool like I'm exactly the same as you I've got a million and one different cards or Mm -hmm. apps and they're all over the place and every time I go there they're like oh have you got your your loyalty card I'm like oh bugger no I don't I left it at home again um and they always say like oh you can keep your receipt come back in and get the points back onto your card again I always forget to do that so I just think this idea is yeah I'm like so impressed the fact that it kind of consolidates everything all into one place that in itself is really, really simple and, and good for people with a terrible memory like myself. Um, but then also the fact, yeah, they have a, a currency and you can kind of use this, I think, as you said, like as a, a bit of like a commodity and sort of like swap it around and yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent going to download this.
1: Yeah. Be able to use it from one shop to another and in, in, in that marketplace I And it's interesting because not only are you the problem, but you're the solution at the same time. Like, when we go and shop and people like you and me collect points, we're adding to that problem of liabilities that they're having to hold on their balance sheet. And I'd never, I hadn't really thought about that. Mm -hmm. The fact that all these loyalty points and the value that they accrue has to be accounted for somewhere on the balance book of, of, of an organization. And that, that must be a huge net to drag for a lot of these businesses. Um, But then coupled with the fact that you're getting really enthusiastic and saying, I'll download it, problem and solution at the same time and it's it's a really clever simple way and you can see that that Pete's knowledge of working in loyalty at places like Harrods and other bits and pieces over the years has really come to bear in kind of pulling together this solution whether or not he's got a technical background or not it doesn't matter he's focused on a problem and 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 here it is
2: yeah absolutely and I think another thing that I didn't really think about is when this came a bit later in the interview when he's talking about like so many companies that do Loads and loads of discounts, and how that actually sort of not tarnishes their name, but I guess the psychology between like the organisation and the consumer. So yeah. if you constantly see like a company's got so many discounts, you're like, hang on a minute, why would I go there and pay full price? Like that's just crazy. Oh, I can
1: remember, I can remember like Friday lunch times of like I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago, and Pizza Express would always have vouchers, mm-hmm. and it would be like, has anyone got a voucher for Pizza Express? Yes, no. Yes, let's go. No. All right, no. We'll just we'll just go somewhere else. And thinking about it, like I don't ever think that Pizza Express I would have never I would have never classed them as a high-end restaurant, obviously. Yeah. But I I wouldn't have classed them necessarily as budget, but then we refused to go unless someone had a voucher that was giving you buy one, get one free or whatever else that it might be.
2: Mm. And it's kind of the case with all of that those are quite similar restaurants. So like Pizza Express, Prezzo, Easy, like they always have-
1: TGI Fridays and stuff like that is always on those lists, isn't it? Yeah,
2: like they always have codes, don't they? And you're you're right, I'm the same. Like I'd go there if I had a code. If not, then I'd probably, I mean, this is not to kind of bash Pizza Express, but I I probably would go elsewhere. But I mean, I'd never thought of that before. I obviously was conscious or I was aware that there was a lot of companies that had loads of discount codes, but I didn't really think of like, how that impacted the relationship I had, or how it would kind of sway my decision if I was looking to go somewhere to to have something to eat. Like, yeah. So I, I, that's an element of the, the. I mean, that was a very sort of tiny kind of nugget of information that you sort of dropped in there towards the end. But um,
1: yeah, yeah. And that, that's that, that psychological switch with the value exchange of let the customer feel like they spend points to get points, mm. so that there's a higher value placed on those interactions. And it does just turn it on the head. So you're still getting savings, but you're spending to get them. You're kind of earning them. or well, are not earning them in the same way that you would accrue points for shopping, but you, you have to, I suppose it's in in a way where you've got something like Fortnite, not like I play Fortnite, but kids will spend money to get points that they can spend on items in games these days, mm. won't they? Um and there's an element of, of of that aspect going on here to a degree.
2: Yeah, I think, like you say, you don't want to, I think it's like a give and take relationship almost, isn't it? Like you don't want to just spend loads and feel as though you're not getting anything back. So the fact that, yeah, I don't know, I, I just think there's a bit of a trade-off almost, isn't there? So, yeah. you know what, I just, I think there's so many things that came up in this interview and now sort of like when I was speaking about it and sort of like just looking back, like there's, there's so much behind obviously what they, they do. I mean, we just kind of see the app and the finished product, but like just looking into like the psychology, like having to like analyze all that data around like our behaviors and stuff. Like, I don't know, I'd find that that fascinating. It's yeah. something that you, obviously, you know, that work goes into it, but it was only when he touched upon that and I suppose touched upon his journey and how much research and and how much, um, you know, how many kind of people he's had to speak to and all the feedback and, and things like that. Like, yeah i'm assuming that obviously it's been sort of a a long kind of arduous process but um yeah i don't know i'm super impressed by the finished product obviously as you can see as i'm like dying to go and download yeah
1: (laughs) i mean the one other point that i'd make as well because because we've seen this on a number of interviews now over a number of years um pension b quite a few years ago tread more recently now Swappy, the value that you find in, in marketplaces, in organizations coming together, especially in the, in the startup ecosystem. You know, when we talk about community and deriving value from each other, brilliant to see another example of how a marketplace and a community can really add value beyond just the products that you're building. So thought I'd draw attention to that. Um, but otherwise, Pete, thank you for being our guest. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk very quickly about why uh, for some parts of the world... A lack of economic development and locking women out of the internet is leading to slower growth rates. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They've started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. So right, welcome back. This is an article from earlier in the week. Uh, I'll go with the headline, Amber, to give you some context. Digital gender gap: Men are 50% right, 50% more likely to be online in some countries. A failure to ensure women have equal access to the internet is hampering developing economies and fueling gender equality. Not something I would have ever really thought about. I'll be perfectly honest, but yeah, men are 50% more likely to be online. In certain parts of the world, um, than women, and obviously that lack of diversity is is leading to a lack of growth.
2: Hmm. I'm intrigued by this. Like, why? I mean, and I it sounds like a really stupid question, but like, why? Why is that the case? Like, how do they have more access?
1: So this is um, funded by the Bill and Melinda. Gates Foundation this this report and basically what it's discovered is that last year governments in 32 countries including India, Egypt, Nigeria for example lost an estimated 126 billion dollars in gross domestic products because women were unable to contribute to the digital economy so the digital gender gap the difference between the number of women and men who can access the internet has cost 24 billion in lost tax revenues in 2020 which could have been invested obviously in health education housing um yeah. So, so it's a study that's been conducted by the World Wide uh, Web Foundation and the Alliance for Affordable Internet. And it looked at the 32 low or lower middle income countries where gender gap is often greatest. And if we're thinking about it, you know, when you're saying why, well, those are the countries where, unfortunately, I suppose in society, women have less access, less freedom. Um, but here is is a report that, that just demonstrates how much that holds back when it comes to the economic development of those parts of the world
2: wow that's scary especially when you kind of go into like the facts and figures and stuff around it i think it's quite similar to the conversation we had towards the end of the podcast last week like these things happen but you're just so like blissfully kind of unaware which sounds i guess like terrible to say but you just yeah you just you don't know that there's that much of a divide and it's having that much of an impact and and there is that much of a gap um yeah yeah
1: And and, and get this right, how we're kind of systemically making things worse. So various barriers prevent women and girls from going online. So that includes expensive handsets, data tariffs, social norms, we are talking about a second ago, that discourage women and girls from being online, fears around privacy, safety, and security, and a lack of money. And globally, that contributes to the fact that women earn around 77 cents for every dollar that a man earns.
2: Oh, I'm not happy about that. Didn't think you would be. No, that is crazy. That's not even like a little gap or drop, is it? Like that's really significant.
1: Mm. If you start multiplying that, that becomes alarming. I mean, not not that a smaller gap wouldn't be, but you know, it's it's substantial. Like you're saying, nearly twenty five percent.
2: And as well, I mean, it's mad to think that that's in like today's age. Do you know what I mean? If if you'd read that article like years back, I I guess not that it was any more acceptable, but everyone would be like, oh, right. okay." like these things happen. And I don't know, like, you know, people are or were more aware that there was more of a gap. But like today, like today's society, to think that there is that much of an issue still and and, and still there's such a a difference between the two. Like that is, um, yeah, that is alarming, like you say.
1: And, you know, you might say, oh, well, out of sight, out of mind, people might kind of go, we've got other things to focus on in our own country rather than what's going on in low- to middle-income countries overseas. But draw some parallels here. Like, we're moving to an increasingly digital economy where schooling, obviously, whilst he's back in person, had happened online for a year, but lots of people now work in an online environment. Put stress on whether or not people have access to the internet not everyone has mm. reliable access to the internet and so on so you could quite quickly see how some of those stats around access to the internet and then for people from from poorer socio-economic um, backgrounds within our own country could then lead to an exacerbation of that same gender divide and a, a divide um, around ethnic minorities and 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 those from from lower income parts of the country
2: mm. I think with a lot of um what you just mentioned there and obviously a lot of it is around um you know you know sort of the low income or um you know sort of i don't know like lifestyle but a lot of it's around like mindsets like you just said a lot around like privacy and obviously if people are reluctant for women to go online because of you know privacy or security issues or like safety issues like that's not something that you know, we can throw a load of money and then that'll be sorted. And then suddenly there's less of a gap. But Obviously that comes to that, down to like, yeah, like you say, just like society, like way of life and mindsets and, and slightly old fashioned, well, very old fashioned mindsets, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is it's it is worrying, but it's good that the research is being done and, and hopefully there'll be some action off the back of that, but we will include a link to that article in the show notes uh look i think that wraps up for today so amber thank you very much for for taking the time to join us
2: no worries thanks for having me as always dave
1: and we'll be back next
2: week